Dr. Bowles, welcome, welcome. We are so happy to have you here. I will go through a few introductions. As everyone may know, I'm Mary Beth Hollinger. I'm the Director of Education, Support, and Advocacy with Mito Action. I've been in this role for many years now, so or at least um, working with Mito Action in, for many years, and the role has developed, so that's kind of cool. Um, and happy to be here, and this is one of my favorite parts of Mito Action is having experts speakers and welcoming you to share your your wealth of knowledge, your experience. It is just the jewel of MitoAction. So thank you so much, Dr. Bowles. I will give you a little bio background if you like, and certainly people can read the full bio on our website. But the key point is that Dr. Bowles is a true champion for mitochondrial disease. He has worked with mito families for over 20 years, probably more than that in so many areas, especially complex migraines, research, genetics, autism, cyclic vomiting, chronic fatigue, the list is, as well as all the different types of mito, the list goes on. I know you've published over 80 papers and you might say, oh, that's a big number, but mitochondrial disease and cyclic vomiting and even autism, there's so much yet to be learned and discovered that every time a paper is published, you add to the knowledge base and you help each and every family in a way that's probably immeasurable. So it's so significant. I love that you practice the bedside to bench to bedside model of medicine and that you listen to the patient at the bedside as your very first step and you know just draw from what you listen to and hear. And then you go back to the bench, you do the research, you look at the science, and then you can go back to that patient with a best care plan with many different care options for better care. I love that. So um, thank you for that. Um, I know that you're on the faculty of USC, that you've been medical director for Cortigen and now for Lineagen, two genetic companies. You have your very active private practice in California and that you've also recently added telemedicine to your plate. So I am not sure how you keep it all straight, but I'm sure glad you do. Um, so I know you're here to talk about your spectrum needs. It's the new comprehensive nutritional therapy. And you have a ready and waiting audience to hear what you have to say. So I will hand it over to you, Dr. Bowles. Well, thank you very much for that introduction. Um, do I tell you to advance the slides or? Oh, yes. If you could tell us to advance the slides or just even every once in a while say, I'm on slide 10, that would be wonderful. And again, if people have questions that they'd like me to voice, just email me your question, marybeth at mitoaction.org. Hopefully we'll have time for a few questions at the end and maybe even a couple live questions, if that's okay. Okay, that sounds great. Um, well, let's go to slide two. Okay. Which perhaps doesn't need any introduction because you des described this so well. But um, I do need to talk about the conflicts of interest. Um, we're going to be talking about nutrition and autism, functional disease such as pain, fatigue, cyclic vomiting, et cetera, as well as in mitochondrial disease. I've been doing this, as you say, you know, for a quarter century now, and most of my patients have been on 10, 20, even 30 or more different supplements. Um, families have been asking me for a long time to try to put something together to make that easier because it's crazy getting different supplements from different companies and putting them all together. The kid has to take a huge number of different tablets. 
Um, and I finally got together with some business people that I know and trust to put together the company of NeuroNeeds, which um, produces the, our first product, the Spectrum Needs. So in this talk, I'm going to be talking about you know, what the nutrition is in autism and these other conditions and how to adapt it to mitochondrial disease. Um, but I want everyone to know that, I mean, I do, I'm a part owner of the company of, of NeuroNeeds. Um, in addition to that, I mean, I was on faculty at USC for 20 years. I've been off for a few years now, um, but I still lecture there. I have had an active research component. I had NIH funding when I was at Children's Hospital at USC. And I still see a lot of patients. I see patients in my private practice in Pasadena. Um, I've expanded to telemedicine. And one of the important things that we're doing now is to do telemedicine to explain to the physicians what a, a DNA diagnosis is or what a DNA report shows and um, what you can do about it, particularly to treat the patient. So I know these slides are going to be on the website, and in the green there are some of the um, of my roles right now, and then the websites if anyone's interested in any of those particular functions. So the next one is the presentation aims. I already spoke about that, and it's been on the website. So I'm going to talk about what nutrition means for autism and other neurodevelopmental disorders. So it's not just autism. It's off the spectrum as well as ADHD. But it also is a lot of other neuropsychiatric type conditions, such as depression, anxiety, dysautonomia, that is really quite related genetically to, um, to autism and ADHD. I'm going to be explaining what the literature shows, what the publications have, what things, what particular nutrients are known to help, what nutrients might help and then talk about how spectrum needs can be used as a combination product to meet almost all of those needs. Also, I'm going to be talking about how do you adapt spectrum needs to a more complicated mitochondrial patient. Spectrum needs is designed mostly for the neurodevelopmental disorders, neuropsychiatric disorders, um, but it also can be adapted to the average patient with mitochondrial disease, even if there's no depression, anxiety, autism, ADHD, et cetera. So next slide, I'm now on slide four. Um, metabolic pathways are extremely complex. There are hundreds of them. This is just actually thousands of metabolic pathways, and this is just a very small part of it. So I'm just wanting to show you that even though that this presentation may seem very complicated, it's actually just a very small snapshot of metabolism. And the main reason for the slide is to show that there's a lot going on here, and that's why maybe a comprehensive approach may be better. Um, slide five here is a very, this is meant for autism, but as I'll get to in a couple slides later, it really is more adaptable to the whole neurological condition in mitochondrial disease. There are a very large number of nutrients which may or may not be useful in autism, and many of them have been tested. But these six nutrients are the ones that there's most literature, the most scientific and medical literature available today. That these are the six that are probably the best studied, maybe not the most important ones, um, but they are in particular use. Um, on the next slide, we are now on, well, slide six is just to show you that all these nutrients are in spectrum needs and new products. So you see the little, um, the little picture in, on the top there. And then the next slide is just to bring up that green box there, or the green text. 
These are all parts of the mitochondrial cocktail. Some of you may not recognize some of these as being part of the mitochondrial cocktail, but these are all important aspects of mitochondrial metabolism. And so when you're talking about nutritional components for autism or ADHD or for anxiety or depression, when you look at the literature, the, the things that work, the, what's been tested and shown to make a difference is really mitococktail because there's probably a mitochondrial component to a large number of people with these conditions. Okay, um, now I'm on slide eight. So many of you probably know about that there's a major connection between autism and mitochondrial disease. Many people with mitochondrial disease have either autism or one of the other related neurodevelopmental disorders. It may be off spectrum, it may be ADHD. Um, there's a very large number of those. But also in autism in general, there's a degree of mitochondrial dysfunction that patients with at least half, and I suspect that it's you know, more like two thirds, of patients that are just run-of-the-mill autism that are out there with that diagnosis have a degree of mitochondrial dysfunction when you test them. That doesn't mean that half or more of the patients with autism have mitochondrial disease. It means that there is a component of mitochondrial dysfunction. There are many other components as well. Autism is very genetically complicated. But one of the things that's important is that in the run-of-the-mill patient with autism is that the mitochondrial cocktail is often helpful and it's something that should be considered. Now, what is the mitochondrial cocktail? If you get 20 different mitodocs up there, you'll get 20 different answers. Um, but there are maybe 10 or so kind of core parts of the mitochondrial cocktail. Everyone has a different list as to what's more important. And, but if you expand that, there's about 20 or even 30 different components of the mitochondrial cocktail that many of the patients are on and many of the specialists recommend from time to time, depending on somebody's um, DNA results and depending on somebody's clinical manifestations, like do they have migraine, do they have constipation, et cetera. So in this slide here, I put down what I thought were some of the core components of the mitochondrial cocktail. Certainly there are things that are not on the list there. Um, I was when I was putting together this talk today to try to understand the slides more for this presentation. I realized that selenium, the the mineral selenium, is was somehow excluded from the slide. So please add that to the left side column. But these are some of the like the core components of the mitochondrial cocktail, and these are some of the components that were put into Spectrum Needs. So all of the things on the slide are in Spectrum Needs. And then the six that I showed you about that have the best evidence in autism are in blue. And then the little insert right there is just that's a muscle fiber and those white things, those white ovos are what mitochondria actually look like. Um, next slide, now I'm on slide nine. Um, this comes from the UMDF website, uh, of mitochondrial associated problems. You can see in green there, autistic features or autism but there are many others, many of them involve the nervous system. As you know, that mitochondrial disease predominantly affects the neurological system, although it can affect other systems as well, probably because nerves are electrical and require a lot of energy. Okay, next slide is my first case presentation. Um, Big Zach is almost always one of my first presentations, one of my first case reports that I give because I think that it's so interesting in many different ways. Well, he started off as a patient with autism that lost language that he accumulated at 18 months. 
But and although that he still is autistic at the age, I think it's about 24 now or so, he is that's not what ails him the most. He came to me because of cyclic vomiting syndrome, because that's what I do. He's had multiple bowel cleanouts. But the major issue that he had when I first started working with him at around age 10 to 12 was complex regional pain syndrome. His right foot became very cold, purple, tender. Um, allodynia meant that touch was interpreted as pain. You just touched it, he would scream in pain. He was unable to bear any weight. So he was wheelchair bound for months and he ended up being disabled for about a year or so in a wheelchair and on very high dose of opiates. Very unable to, to wean them. He also had you know, many other problems as was here. Um, the family shows maternal inheritance and we did find something in the mitochondrial DNA, but that's not all that he has. Um, next slide here. So in addition, he had a lot of biochemical test results suggesting mitochondrial dysfunction. He was placed in the mitochondrial cocktail, and this is sort of a standard cocktail that was used at that time that you can see there. And not only did he become, did a cyclic vomiting go away, but he became completely pain-free and was able to be weaned off of opiates. He was also put on some other medications and everything, but the mitochondrial cocktail was a major component in his improvement. Um, next slide here, Carter. Um, presented at one year of age, in which after a vaccination, he stopped developing speech for the next year. He's diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder, placed on the mitochondrial cocktail that you can see there, and then the cocktail opened his brain, talking more, most socially, et cetera. So these are the kind of studies that you're used to hearing people talk about in mitochondrial disease, that a patient will have clinical presentations, may or may not have autism, has biochemical data to suggest that they have a, bio, a mitochondrial dysfunction, if not a mitochondrial disorder, is placed on a basic cocktail, and not only do other manifestations improve, but sometimes the autism improves. So in the next six slides, I'm not going to talk about this in detail, but you can go back and look at it because it will be on the Mito um, Action website. But I'm going to go over those six different key parts of, of nutrition here. Um, carnitine or acetylcarnitine is important for detoxifying the mitochondria, removing the intermediates of metabolism which cannot be processed at completely because of mitochondrial dysfunction, and detoxifying the mitochondrial by allowing for the excretion of those as acylcarnitines. And there's some people say that carnitine is better, L-carnitine. Some people say that acetylcarnitine is better. I looked at the literature. I couldn't make a decision. I put both of them in the product. Um, next slide, um, coenzyme Q10. If you ask 20 mitodocs what's the mitochondrial cocktail, everyone will say something different, but everyone will say CoQ probably, and 9 out of 10 will say carnitine, if not all of them. CoQ does many different things. In addition to being an electron carrier, it's also an antioxidant, which protects the body and particularly the nervous system against reactive oxygen species. Um, it's been studied in autism. You can look at the slide here to see the other things that has been associated with and the caveats that I consider important in treatment, side effects, et cetera. But I mean, basically, this is a really key component of the mitochondrial cocktail, regardless of what you're treating in terms of that. 
Magnesium. If if you do not consider magnesium to be a key part of the mitochondrial cocktail, um, reconsider. Magnesium is important for over 300 enzymes, including many in energy metabolism. But not only that, but its roles in GABA and in glutamate receptors, which are involved in neurotransmission, are very important for neuroprotection. One of the things, one of the basic concepts that I'm going to discuss is the, is the idea of neuroprotection. So there's three kind of three parts of the triad of nutrition. There's mitochondrial cocktail, which you know about and I'll talk about more. There's neuroprotection and there's just basic comprehensive nutrition. So magnesium is important for all three aspects. Vitamin B6. Vitamin B6, which in its activated form is known as, five, uh, as P5P or PLP sometimes it's called, is an extremely important enzyme in multiple reactions. It, it's a cofactor for enzymes in multiple reactions. It's also very important in such things as neurotransmission, myelination, gene expression. It's um, been shown to be helpful in autism. It's also a major component of the mitochondrial cocktail, although not often considered as such. Um, B12. B12 is important because it's often deficient, particularly if a patient doesn't eat a lot of animal protein, but a lot of people have B12 deficiency because of GI disease. If you have irritable bowel, um, you're likely to have B12 deficiency. It's important for mitochondrial function, and it's been associated with a lot of neurological problems from autism to depression, anxiety, um, neurological degeneration or loss of myostones, et cetera. And then the last nutrient to talk about of the top six is vitamin D, or D3 is the active form of vitamin D. Um, vitamin D3 is very important for bone growth, um, bone maintenance, but it also has many involvement in the mitochondria and metabolism, brain development, neuroprotection, neurotransmission, et cetera. It's a vitamin which has a lot of different uses. It is deficient in most children with autism, and studies have shown that most children with autism can get improvements for that. It's become a lot more in vogue now about mitochondrial um, specialists to measure vitamin D levels. Um, that's 25-hydroxy vitamin D3 in the blood, and to supplement if low. Most people in the United States probably have a vitamin D deficiency. Um, people wear less clothes. They wear sunscreen on what is exposed to the sun, particularly sick children are indoors a lot. Okay, uh, my last of the case reports is Kelly. She presented as a teenager. She had autism. She is very gifted at doing art. This is her self-portrait that's on this, and I have a lot of her artwork in my office. Kelly um, doesn't speak at all. She can speak to her mom, but she uses a computer program, and actually when she speaks, she speaks in Siri's voice you know, Siri from the, from the, like an iPhone. And she manipulates a computer to speak in entire sentences in Siri's voice. She's actually very bright. Um, she's had a lot of other problems in addition, anxiety, depression, dysautonomia, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, et cetera. Um, next slide. She was found on DNA sequencing to have two mutations in the glutamate Two gene, the gene that takes glutamine, which is a amino acid, to glutamate, which is a major excitatory neurotransmitter. 
this was a little bit unexpected at first, but then I realized, well, wait a minute, glutamate, in addition to being an excitatory neurotransmitter, which may be causing a lot of our neurological problems, goes to alpha-ketoglutarate in the Krebs cycle. And so she was given alpha-ketoglutarate, and she had tremendous improvement. And um, the initial email that was sent from the mother is actually pasted in there at the bottom of the slide. And alpha-ketoglutarate is part of the spectrum needs. Okay, I spoke a little bit about vitamin deficiencies that are really common, particularly vitamin B12 and D3, but all of the ones on the slide here have been shown to be deficient in children with autism in general, um, in part because they eat very restricted diets. Um, the ones in blue here, again, are the top six. So they're all, it, um, four of them are often nutrition are deficient in, in autism. But this is not the main reason to use a combination product or for that matter of fact, any sort of mitochondrial cocktail. The main reason to use the mitochondrial cocktail, as in the next slide, the little green area will come up, is to push metabolism in the direction of that we believe it's healing. To use not just the RDA or the recommended daily allowance of the vitamin to correct the deficiency, but to use a lot more and sometimes as much as a thousand times the RDA to push the, the biochemical product in the direction that we want to go, to take the metabolic pathways and push them where we want them to go to try to help the situation. So when we're talking mitochondrial cocktail, yes, to some degree it's, it's, it's um, taking a deficiency and correcting it. But for the most part, what we're talking about is actual therapy and moving pathways in certain directions. And that's why, although a good diet is very important, and I certainly recommend that to all my patients, a good diet is not enough. You couldn't possibly, if you ate the entire salad bar on every restaurant on restaurant row, you could not get enough of these vitamins. That supplementation is needed as well. Okay, now I'm on page 23. Although it says, 22 in the upper right-hand corner because there's slide zero on this. Okay, so it's, we're off on that, sorry. So it's 23 according to the MitoAction one. Um, just taking a multivitamin tablet is not gonna be good enough in most cases. For one, the amount is very low. If you look at riboflavin, vitamin B2, a standard multivitamin will be about one milligram. If you look at what's in a multi-B, it could be 1.6 milligrams, three milligrams, some of them are up to 25. But if you're looking at what we use to treat this disorder, we use between 25 and 400 milligrams. So a multivitamin in most cases is going to have very low dose, but it also is not gonna have the activated forms. On this page here, there are three particular B vitamins which most supplements do not give the activated form. We've already discussed the activated form of B6, but there's also folate and B12, folate's B9. But the activated form is very important that in spectrum needs that the activated form of these are given. In particular, in folate, there's two different ones, the activated folate, and the next one is folinate, which goes across the blood-brain barrier directly into brain. Um, next slide. Okay, the science behind supplementation. Um, unfortunately, because the vast majority of the medical 
literature is based upon drug company studies because they're the ones that have the money. The drug companies spend about five times more than the entire NIH budget. And the drug companies, of course, are going to need a return from their investment. The idea is that if the drug is effective, that they will get a patent on it and exclusivity for 25 years or so. Nobody is really studying nutrition because you can't patent something that's natural. Anyone can do it. So there's very little studies, and the studies tend to be smaller. But that doesn't mean there are not studies and that there's not evidence. And I'm going to go over some of that. The Adams study is probably the most important in this area, that in, in particular for neurodevelopmental disorders. In the Adams study, it was randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled, just like a drug company study. That means half the kids were given the placebo, which tastes like the product, but it was not. It was the taste elements in there that they did to make the product palatable. And the other half was given the actual vitamins, the multivitamins on that. You see the numbers were fairly large, 141. They were both children and adults. It was three months. Um, and there, there were significantly increases in or improvements in many areas, in particular in hyperactivity, in temper tantrums, and receptive language. And these are the things that I've noticed in my patients as well, that these are, although you get improvements in other areas, in particular, I see it in focus. These were found in the Adams study to be significantly by, by statistically significant. And they also did blood tests and found out that there were, as in the bottom of that, that there were many other improvements when you gave a multivitamin cocktail. And the next one here, there's a set of Kaplan studies by Bonnie Kaplan as one of the main authors, looking at another vitamin supplement, a multivitamin supplement in patients with many other disorders. I put a couple of slides in here that I thought were more important because, I mean, mood liability and explosive rage. Uh, certainly that's been a major problem about the patients in my practice, and I hear that in a lot of patients with um, mitochondrial disease, whether or not they have a diagnosis of autism or ADHD. They get into episodes where suddenly they act out, um, particularly the school-age children. And this was showing that a vitamin cocktail was very helpful in that. On the next slide, so that's uh, MitoAction slide 26, it says 25 in the lower right corner. This may not show up very well on your computer, but this shows, you know, what is in it. This is a basically the Kaplan formula is a comprehensive nutritional platform that also has neuroprotection. But it is it's quite low on the mitochondrial cocktail. It has a lot of the ingredients in there, but they're they're not very high. In particular, it's devoid of things like carnitine and CoQ and some of the, the, the main ones here. But it does have the multinutrition and in many ways is very similar to spectrum needs. And then the next slide is on, they studied the safety and tolerability. The same thing the Adams study did as well, and they found that patients tolerate these multivitamin contractions extremely well. Um, I found the same with spectrum needs. Um, Probably 50 of my patients were on it to date or so, and there hasn't seemed to be any problem, as well as in our first tolerability study, um, no side effects were noted, except the usual with CoQ is if you give CoQ late at night, it can energize you and have a hard time going to bed, and maybe one out of six patients. We've seen that a couple times, but I haven't seen anything else. You just give it at dinner instead of going to bed. It's better to give a multivitamin, regardless of what it is, 
um, with food anyway. Here's some additional studies. I'm not going to go into that in detail, but if you're interested in looking up more about the literature as to how nutritional supplements can be helpful in neurological disorders and autism in general, it's on that slide. Okay, so now we're on the slide that has the pictures of the people on there, um, 29 in terms of the um, mitoaction numbers. Um, the spectrum needs, and there's a picture in the lower right-hand corner of what the actual um, container looks like, is based on the Adams formula. Now, on the next slide, I'll go over what the differences are. It corrects dietary deficiencies, including some very rare trace nutrients, such as choline and nostatol, that are not in most multivitamins. It promotes mitochondrial metabolism. It is a high-dose, comprehensive mitococktail. It has the activative form of, of, of all of these, as well as whatever possible. Um, and it's high quality. It's made in the United States by, um, by the good manufacturing practices and everything. And then these are some of the people that are involved in that. I don't think the names come up very well. Some of you might know Dr. Richard Fry, um, very important, one of the ones that published most of the studies on autism and mitochondrial disease, a well-known mitochondrial um, physician and scientist. And there's also um, Dr. Rossignol, Dan Rossignol on there, who's very well known in the autism world, as, as well as many others. Um, next slide. A lot of detail here, but this is how that spectrum needs is different from the Adams formula, which is commercially available. It is based on the Adams formula, but the basic thing is, is that I increase the mitochondrial cocktail dramatically. So you think about it, the Adams formula is neuroprotection plus comprehensive nutrition. If you add the mitochondrial cocktail onto that as a sort of marriage, you get spectrum needs. And you see that some, most of the things were increased from that. A couple of things were decreased because I wanted to make sure that no one had nausea. In particular, zinc and vitamin E can be major concerns with nausea. They were reduced in this formula um, so that they're at the levels that almost all children can tolerate. Alpha lipoic acid is also less than I generally give in my patients. It's about half or less than that of what I usually give just to make sure that everyone can tolerate this formula. And there's some other differences on there you can see on the slide. Okay, the next slide here is the label. Um, if you take the, the numbers, which is the second column, the left-hand numbers, that's per dose, it's supposed to be given twice a day, breakfast and, and dinner or breakfast and bedtime or what most people do, bedtime with a snack if possible. You'd have to double these for what's given per day in a school-aged kid because this is per serving as the RDA requires. On the right-hand side there, you can see that it is dose dependent on the weight so that I mean, infants are gonna get a lot less than adults and that's you know how it's, it should be. And then there are, it, it's, it says how many scoops to put in there. So for a school-aged child, it would be two scoops in the morning, two scoops in the evening, or four scoops a day. A container will last a month. At worst, you're talking about three scoops in the morning, three scoops in the evening for an adult. The container will last 20 days. For a toddler, it will last two months. It's GMO-free. It is artificial flavor-free. In fact, the flavors are citrate, which is a mitochondrial cocktail itself. That's a major part of it. There's some stevia in there. And monk fruit is actually, I think, one of the major parts of what makes it taste good. We had a tasting booth at the, Ma the MedMaps conference in March. And a, 
over 80 different physicians came by to taste it, and it really is a good tasting product. I think that the manufacturer did an excellent job in putting natural components in there. Uh, most kids like the taste. It goes well with water, but you can also put it with juice. Um, next slide. I've already discussed Carter before. He had a significant improvement after put on the mitochondrial cocktail, but I don't want anyone to think that DNA testing is not necessary. Um, when we did do the DNA testing on him, we found that he had a variant in the TRAP1 gene. This is a variant that's seen in 1% of the population, but I see in a lot of my patients with autism, particularly the ones with functional disease. Um, next slide. Based upon the TRAP1 mutation, he was put on a medication which was shown by in silico design, that's by a computer program, that it binds to the mutant TRAP1 molecule, but it does not bind to the wild type or the normal TRAP1 molecule. This was done by colleagues at um, Georgia Tech who used the entire Georgia Tech computer system over a weekend to put every known chemical known to man um, in the computer to, to see what would bind to the mutant or the abnormal TRAP1 and not to the normal. Based upon that, we came up with a drug which is on the formulary, gave that to him, and you can see on the bottom of the slide, he improved dramatically. Before this, he, they could never go to a restaurant. He would be running around making animal sounds. Um, after this, he was able to sit down at the table and, and eat, and they can go to restaurants, and their life changed dramatically. So an overall nutritional component is, is important, and I use spectrum needs in my clinic to be as a baseline of nutrition for which I add additional components based upon what the DNA shows and what the patient is showing me. But this is to show you that DNA testing still has a place. Um, next slide, I've also showed you about Zach, Big Zach. Um, DNA testing found that he had a gene, a mutation of the gene that makes acetylcholine, which is one of the major neurotransmitters. Um, so he was put on a drug which inhibits the breakdown of acetylcholine in the synapse. And based upon this, um, I think next slide. Yeah, based upon this, he improved dramatically. We're now on slide 35. He went from being echolalia. That means you say something, he would echo it back to you. He went from basically echolalia to being able to, uh, to talk in full sentences. And sometimes he would explain what he was doing. It made a huge difference on this to be able to recreate the synaptic environment. Um, that doesn't say that he didn't have a mitochondrial disease. He has mitochondrial dysfunction, but he also has an abnormality with neurotransmission. Most of my patients, when we do full sequencing, they don't have a mutation in one gene, but they have a mutation in two, three, five, seven genes that contribute to make the disease, which is why the genetics is so complex and it's so difficult to make a diagnosis. Um, next slide. Okay, so the X on top of the spectrum needs means that this is beyond it. Um, spectrum needs in autism is going to meet the vast majority of the needs the nutritional needs of the patient, but there are two major issues to consider on top of that. Um, the first one is omega-3s. Omega-3s are not stable in a powder form, so they were not added into it. Omega-3s is another thing that's another nutrient that's been shown to be helpful not only in autism, ADHD, but also in um, depression and anxiety and many other neurological disorders. So this is your fish oil. 
Um, to get from a supplement, you can get it from wild-caught salmon. It can't be farmed because if it's, it actually comes from the, from the plankton, which the salmon eat in the ocean, um, not from the corn, which is given by farm. But most people get this when they supplement it. They get it in tablets or in capsules, gel capsules, because um, it's an oil. And so this would have to be on top of spectrum ease. The other one is CoQ. There's a lot of CoQ in spectrum needs, but it's not enough to get the blood levels over 4.0 that I think is associated with clinical improvement in my patients. So you need to give additional CoQ. Um, there's two types of CoQ, ubiquinone, O-N-E, and ubiquino, the O-L. The ubiquinol with the O-L at the end is not stable in powder form as well, so it's only ubiquinone in spectrum needs. So I also make sure that my patients are on ubiquinol as well. Um, to be able to get their CoQ up. And then on top of that, no, there's no way that anybody could ever design something that's perfect for everybody. Spectrum Needs was meant to be a baseline for which you can give 33 different active ingredients. And on top of that, you can give additional, depending on what kind of problems the patient has in terms of the clinical, such as things like migraine, constipation in particular, ADHD, hyperactivity issues, Certain things may need to be given at a higher dose or to add additional components. Um, the other thing is, is that there is no copper, iron, calcium, or very little calcium, and no vitamin A in spectrum needs. The reason is, is that each and every one of those is toxic in some children with autism, mitochondrial disease, ADHD, et cetera. And so those were taken out so that they wouldn't be a problem in anyone. In particular, um, vitamin A can be toxic if given in higher dose, and many patients are on other supplements as well, and I didn't want to add to the vitamin A that they might already be on there. Okay, so what about you say, well, okay, this is a mitoaction talk. You've been talking a lot about autism. What about for mitochondrial disease? Well, it works very well in, for mitochondrial disease, and my patients with mitochondrial disease, a lot of them I'm recommending this on. The reason is, is that with mitochondrial disease, you certainly want the mitococktail, and this is a very high potent mitococktail with 20 different mitochondrial ingredients in it. On top of that, neuroprotection is something that's not spoken about by most people in this area, but it should be more. There are some people like Bob Navio that talk about this, but there are many others. There is not spoken enough. There are many parts of spectrum needs which are very helpful, arginine, which can help it in many patients with stroke or stroke-like episodes or um, dysautonomia. Um, magnesium and zinc are both very helpful as neuroprotective agents, in particular the increased GABA, the inhibitory neurotransmitter, they decrease the NMDA glutamate transmission, which is the excitatory neurotransmitter, and there are many others. So it's really, it's in addition to mitochondrial cocktail, spectrum needs is neuroprotection and then essentially comprehensive nutrition. So how do, you, how do you adapt it? Let's say they have a patient with known mitochondrial disease or severe mitochondrial disease, not just mitochondrial dysfunction. This slide gives some of the ideas of some of the things that you may need to give more in. Um, in particular, I mean, I've already discussed it and it's on the second um, part of this slide here that CoQ needs to be increased. So that's sort of the given. Uh, it's on the top there, CoQ. But there's other nutrients. If you go to the next slide, you're now on slide 38. This is like my cheat sheet. First of all is that you should talk to your physician regarding anything that's done in nutrition. 
because it makes such a big difference. And this is no exception. It's not like Spectrum needs a special and you need to talk more, but any sort of changes to your, to your formulation should be discussed with the physician. But these are some of the cheat sheet things that can help you and your physician come up with things. If you take the, if you take Spectrum needs, you say, well, how do I make that a really high degree mitochondrial cocktail for a patient with mitochondrial disease? You would add additional alpha lipoic acid, magnesium, um, B100, um, and I give kind of an average dose there for an adult to add on to it. For a child in the elementary school, it would be approximately half of that to add. And again, there's independent variation. Magnesium is really good for patients with constipation. Riboflavin is really good for patients with migraine. Um, alpha lipoic acid is not tolerated at the higher doses in everybody. Some people take much higher than that. But this kind of gives you a general idea. These are the three things to think about. Um, vitamin D there doesn't have a cheat sheet on there because it really should be dosed based upon the blood levels. Um, most people consider a blood level of the 25 hydroxy of over 30 to be good. There are some papers in autism that suggest it should be higher than 40. But in most cases, it should be higher than 30. Unfortunately, many laboratories and many physicians consider if it's higher than 20 to be good enough. And that's not really good enough. Next slide. Okay, this is to kind of go kind of into the nitty gritty. Well, how do I really do this? So I'm going to assume that a patient, Johnny, is on the these supplements on the left-hand column and the current receiving in cocktail, the second column, is what he's on right now. So he's a school-aged child between 44 and 88 pounds. So he gets, according to the label, he gets two scoops twice a day, and this is what he's going to get in the middle of the, of the free numbered columns, or the third column starting from the left. That's what Spectrum Needs gives him. So if you look at the top at alpha lipoic acid, so he gets 100 milligrams, BID is twice a day in Latin. In Spectrum Needs, he would only get half of that. So to make up for the difference, you would give him another 50 milligrams twice a day, but you can't find 50 milligram tablets as well. So you can just give him 100 milligrams once a day. That's fine. So instead of giving him 100 milligrams twice a day, when you add spectrum needs, you would give that only once a day. So it cuts down half on that supplementation. And CoQ that say that he was getting 100 milligrams twice a day. There's 125 twice a day in spectrum needs. So based upon that, you, wouldn't need, you could stop the CoQ completely because he's getting more. However, is he really getting enough? 100 milligrams twice a day is really not enough in my experience in most school-age children. Maybe his blood level is fine. Maybe it's not. I would suggest getting a blood level at, at least two weeks after starting spectrum needs and see if it's high enough and then whether you need to give additional supplementation. Magnesium. He's on 250 a day, and you're going to 100 twice a day when you do spectrum needs. Okay, so he's going from 250 to 200. It's really not that much, you know, it's not that exact. Probably you can stop the supplement. Um, if he has a lot of constipation, um, maybe you'd want to consider con continuing the magnesium because now he'll be on a lot higher, and that's really good for that. But for the most part, 250, 200, you know, there's really not that much of a difference on that. The next one here, riboflavin. So he's on 100 milligrams a day. That'd be like when a B100, or you can give separate riboflavin. He's only getting 25 milligrams a day, 12.5 twice a day on spectrum needs. 
I would recommend no changes on that to continue the riboflavin. The difference between 100 and 125 is not significant probably. So it, you can just go ahead and add the spectrum needs and not make any difference. Um, ribose. Not many people are in ribose, but some people are, and in some people it helps. It's not in spectrum needs. So you wouldn't make any changes to that when you added it. Vitamin C, he's getting 500 milligrams a day. Um, spectrum needs would give him 300 milligrams twice a day. So 500, 600, you know, that's really not many difference. You can stop the supplement. And then vitamin D, he's going from 1,000 milligrams a day, and now you're going to give him 300 twice a day. So he's going from 1,000 to 600. Well, what do you do about that? Well, it really depends. If his vitamin D levels were sky high, probably the 300 twice a day is all that he needs. If the vitamin D levels were just were just barely high enough, and maybe even, you know, not higher than 30, well, you may just want to add spectrum needs and keep the vitamin D. It really is something that you'd have to discuss with your physician in terms of the vitamin D dose. Um, but, I mean, this kind of gives you an idea. I went over, there are, every patient is different. You need to look at what they're getting now, what they're getting on spectrum needs, and what kind of symptoms they have, and what is the goal. This gives you some of the ideas on how to adapt this. If you go back a slide, I don't know if you can, you can go back a slide easily. The cheat sheet is kind of, I would say about as many as half of my patients, I tell them to stay on CoQ and to reduce the alpha-lipoic, the magnesium, and the riboflavin in half of what they're currently giving. That seems to be something that works a lot, but it won't work for everybody by any means, but that kind of gives you an idea on, on it. And again, you know, discuss with your physician. Okay, so advance to slide 40 now. This is the next to the last slide. Um, so what does spectrum needs add for the general mito patients? You might be, a, your child may be on 10, 20 different things, half of which are in spectrum needs and half of which are different things like probiotics and other issues that are not in spectrum needs. What will this give you? Well, first of all, it gives you neural protection. It gives you the activated B vitamins, magnesium and zinc, that you may or may not be getting at this point in an activated form. That's to make it less likely to have neurological regressions, to have episodes in which symptoms increase, particularly neurological symptoms, stroke-like episodes, et cetera, to protect the brain and the nervous system. Um, it also can help in the peripheral nerves. A lot of this for like chronic pain um, and tingling and other sorts of peripheral neuropathy. Okay, so you might be on a really good mitochondrial cocktail, but there's additional elements that you may or may not be on, alpha-ketoglutarate, creatine, vitamin B5, and selenium, which you may or may not be on. Vitamin B5 in particular is a cofactor. It makes coenzyme A, which is important in hundreds of metabolic pathways. I consider these to be important elements of the mitochondrial cocktail, at least in many, and they're outside of what most people give as a cocktail, because you really can't give 30 things to most kids, and you have to take it out somewhere. And then there's some other ones. In general, you get comprehensive nutrition. You'll get all your trace elements for the most part. Um, arginine, which is an amino acid, but it, it's in spectrum needs. It's helpful with dysautonomia. Um, it can be helpful with stroke-like episodes or POTS in many patients, in my experience. Um, arginine is often given by mitochondrial physicians. And then chromium. Chromium is something that most people don't know how it's used in mitochondrial disease, but the glucose, the sugar sensor in the blood, is in the mitochondria. 
And that's one of the main reasons why patients with mitochondrial disease, they get all sorts of sugar problems. Sugar goes high, sugar goes low. Chromium is important for insulin control, and sometimes excess chromium or chromium supplementation can help with insulin control. Not in everybody, but it, it's, a, it's a trace element, and it is in spectrum needs. Okay, and then the last slide here is just to leave you with some of the... It, the advantages, it has the 33 active ingredients. And then here's the two websites. The, the top website there is where you can buy and learn about Spectrum Needs. It has literally over 100 pages of text on there that you can click in different places. You can get far more information about all 33 ingredients than I could possibly give in a 12-hour talk. Um, and then there, so that you can learn about, you know, what your child, you know, should be on or might be on or what the literature shows. And then if you're interested in um, telemedicine for, for genetics, here is the website on that. And that is actually the telemedicine service is starting this month. So it, there may be some growing pains on that. But there it is. And I'll turn over the talk now for, for um, questions. Wow, Dr. Bowles, that was such a wonderful and informative presentation. You always inspire and empower us. And this time, I think, gave us so much to think about. I imagine that many people on the call are now thinking about their supplements, how they could be tweaked, how we could, you know, ooh, that makes sense. I have this symptom. Uh, just so wonderful. So truly, thank you from the whole community. I do have a pretty good list of questions, and we can see how many you can answer before. I know you have a busy practice you need to get going. So is it okay to ask a couple? Oh, certainly. Okay. Um, a few people asked about sort of the dosing. Do you uh, start with a small dose and work your way up? Do you just dive right in? If When should you expect to see an uptick in symptoms? If no response, do you keep taking it for two months, six months, give it up? Sort of those sort of what is the exact flavor of it, some some of those kind of questions. Okay, that's actually a really good question, and I feel embarrassed I didn't put that into my talk, but okay. Um, <laughs> all right, first of all, most people just dive into it, but I recommend starting small. Um, it okay. depends on, if your child just takes everything without any problem, you can just dive into it. But if your child's one of those that you, you know, you start small, and in a school-aged child, you'd give two scoops twice a day. So start with half a scoop twice a day, then go to one, then one and a half, then two scoops. You can do that. You can go up every day. Um, it's mostly getting the stomach used to it and the kid used to the taste. Um, if your kid requires longer than that, you can do that. Um, but that's what I would recommend in starting is really is knowing your own child on that. You don't need to, to start off really slow. The other one, there are 33 different ingredients and they are going to kick in at different times. The, I'm going to try to make this short, but there is a kind of an almost like caffeine-like effect or sort of like a, an effect that if you take a um, one of those energy drinks that after you take it, and I admit I take this twice a day every day at the adult dose, um, it energizes me. It, it, it not only gives me physical energy at my age, you need that, but mental energy and it helps my mood. It, it, the nutrition is important for brain function. There is some of that and people notice that immediately. In terms of what kind of changes can you expect in functional disease? Will it help constipation? Will it help pain? Will it help fatigue? All those sort of things. And 
it's going to be on the order of weeks because of the way in, in which these ingredients work. They're important to, to make the mitochondria. The nutrition stabilizes it, gets rid of some of the, um, the, the toxins in there, if you will, the sort of the reactive oxygen species and the acylcarnitines, and it takes time to adapt. In terms of the learning aspects about having increased learning, being able to do more things to clear the brain and to try to help that, that's going to take months. And that's going to be for anything, because let's say that you found the magic bullet in your child that completely fixed the genetic problem. Well, now the brain has to heal itself. And after it heals itself, then your child has to learn. So it's just going to take months on that. And in particular, the antioxidants are very helpful for depression and anxiety in some studies. And I've seen that before. That can take six to 12 months to notice. So it, it's variable. Great. Those are great answers. And I know many, many people actually ask those questions. And did you mention that it had a fruity flavor? Is that what you had said? Citrusy? Is that what I heard? Um, it has a lot of citrate in it because a lot of the things for the mitochondria are acids and citric acid is, I mean, in addition to using citrate as a flavor agent, it was used as citrate just in the Krebs cycle. So I use the flavor agent that's actually an active ingredient, but there's monk fruit in there. It if you put it in water, it tastes sort of like lemonade. Um, it's sort of, but, and most people do take it in water. I, I take it in juice. It's good in almost any juice, but because I, I think the taste is better in that, but it really depends. Some people will put it in just about anything. Theoretically, you can put it in tea or mashed potatoes or in a tube or anything like that. Probably better to put it in a G tube instead of a J tube because we haven't tested to general absorption, but it's not something that would be bad probably. Okay. And I'm not sure if you know this, but do you know about insurance coverage or medical flex plans covering your product if they cover sort of components of other products like a CoQ10 product or a levocarnitine or things like that? Well, this is medically is considered as a food. I mean, by the it, it's considered as a food by the American government. Insurance companies are not going to cover this as they don't in most states. But it's really state by state. If your state allows for cofactors, it probably would allow for this because it's cofactors in there. So I would say that's on a state by state basis. In California, it's no dice here. But some people are trying this. It's just it's a new product. We really launched it in March. Uh, my own patients were getting it in February, but it, we launched it, and before that, it was the testing phase. But it really launched in March, so it's been only a month and a few days. Okay, well, I think um, different. I think you're right. Different states may feel differently, or may have different policies about um, what's covered. So, definitely check your each your state, your policy, and see if that little prior authorization helps, and go from there. Um, another person was asking if any ingredient would be counterproductive for seizures. We also had someone asking, did it mesh well with the keto diet? This person's also asking if their um, loved one has an autoimmune disease of PANDAS. Any experience in those arenas with your product? Okay. The product is designed to cause no harm in anybody. I mean, most of the people on this call are sophisticated, but most of the people in the country, they just have symptoms and they don't know what's causing it. They don't know what their genes are. They don't know what the name is. Um, this product is designed to cause no harm in anybody, regardless of what diet you're on or what you're taking. So that's the, 
you know, that's the basic part there. A lot of my patients have seizures that are on this. Ketogenic diet is tricky because there is some sugar in this product, but it's natural sugar, but there's very little. I actually calculated it for one person. But um, you would want to talk to your nutritionist or your, your physician about any dietary changes if you're on a ketogenic diet, and this would be no exception to that. But it's not counterindicated. Um, what was the third one? I'm sorry. Um, oh, they had an autoimmune-like disease uh -huh. of PANDAS. I, a lot of my patients have that diagnosis as well as mitochondrial disease. You go to a PANDAS specialist, you get that diagnosis. You go to a mitochondrial specialist, you get that diagnosis. It's probably both together in some complex way. I don't know of anything in here that would be counterindicated in a PANDAS patient, and certainly many of my patients that do have PANDAS are, are starting to take it. No results yet. Okay. Um, and... A, a final question before I maybe take a one or two from our community. Uh, is there a discount code available or maybe some smaller samples that could be purchased so that someone didn't have to buy the large container, although it sounds like you may need the large container to see how your child reacts or how you react to the product? Okay, there are discounts at different times. This is Autism Awareness Week, and there is a 10% discount. If you go to the, the site, it's just there, neuroneeds.com, that you can plug in for that. I'm not aware of any other discounts at this time. Um, in terms of it, I'm a, this is a startup company with three people, and I'm one of them. And we started up on our checking account, I mean, really literally on this. As we're as the orders are coming in, we're collecting the money to be able to buy these little stick packs. So a stick pack would be like a, a, a single dose. And mm -hmm. so we are going to sell those at a, at a, at a low price um, so that people can try those. But we ha we're hoping to have those in by summer, and right now we just don't have those. Because the minimum order is something like 1,500 sick packs or whatever, and so we need the money for that. I'm just being honest on that. Um, yep. if, you're, if you want to do it to see if it works or not, you're really going to have to use at least a month, so I'd recommend buying it. If you want to see if your kid tolerates it, the taste or whatever, that's an important thing. Um, so far, the vast majority of the kids have, have liked the taste. Um, um, some physicians are being given a sample of this in their office, one of these jars, so that they can scoop it out. That's what I do in my office is, just, you know, to put it in water and see if the kid likes it. Um, but It's a great idea. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, if you have time, uh, one or two more questions from our community. Does that sound okay? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, I'm going to unmute the lines. So that it might be a little noisy, and if uh, since I'm unmuting, and if you have a lot of background noise in your household or office, wherever you're calling from, just unmute your own phone using star six. The conference is now in talk mode. Mary Beth, um, Stephanie, hey, just a, a quick question: Is it dairy free and gluten free and soy free? It is all of those. Great, thanks. Thank you, Stephanie. Anyone else with a question? Yes, this is Jane, and I'm sorry it's not specifically about your supplements, um, but I'm close to you and wondering if you could be a resource for me. Have you ever run into any Mito patients who have extreme carbohydrates intolerances, meaning that one blueberry can cause shortness of breath and pain in the body? I have seen intolerance of every type imaginable in patients with mitochondrial disease. Um, so I haven't heard one blueberry, but it's it's very common to have dietary intolerance. So sometimes we figure it out, most of the time we don't. 
Yeah, I was able to be symptom-free for many years by low carbohydrate and it's not working out anymore. And oh, we just did the genetic test and I have Mito. So, uh, <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you, Jane. Uh, one more question. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, my name is Joan from Ohio. Um, I've been in contact with Chris. Um, I'm on my second trial of the neuro needs. And it seems like after three days that I've noticed that my ears just ring horribly. Um, you stated there's no copper in the product? Right. There's no copper. Yeah, there is There is a component of when you increase metabolism, when you increase mitochondrial function, Sometimes you will get an increase in certain symptomatologies. Um, this product is mostly designed for younger population. Um, not a lot of adults have taken it yet, but tinnitus or ringing in the ears is something that it can be part of mitochondrial disease, and increased symptomatology may be an issue. If you have side effects from it, I would suggest decreasing the dose from what's recommended. Um, or it may be just something in there that's not, it's not working with you. Okay, because I'm already on the um, mitospectra. Uh, the mitospectra and the spectrum needs overlap. Mitospectra has five different ingredients in it, five ingredients at high dose. So it may be that one of these is overdosed because you're taking both products together. Oh, no, I wasn't taking both together. I stopped uh -huh. one before I took the other. Okay. But I still have to add, you know, the creatine. Um, what is your thoughts? about medium-chain triglycerides? I certainly have given it to many patients in the past. I think it depends a lot on the individual metabolism of the, of the person. Many people with mitochondrial disease have problems with fatty acid oxidation, and medium-chain triglycerides can be damaging to them. So I think that, that I would defer to the individual physician to determine if it's safe in each patient. Okay. Thank you. Well, Dr. Bowles, thank you so much for your time. I know that you have a busy office waiting for you. Um, and if uh, just for our community, if you have any follow-up questions, you can reach out to me and I can uh, see if I can answer them or possibly pass them along. And uh, I just, I can't thank you enough, Dr. Bowles. Uh, everyone should know that next month's presentation is uh, just about navigating that medical system while keeping safe sort of with allegations of medical child abuse or things that go along with that. So uh, keep your ears open. Dr. Bowles is gracing us again with his awesome knowledge and presence to uh, explore that topic as well. So tune in next month as well. But Dr. Bowles, really a very heartfelt thank you. You are just awesome. Are you welcome. All right. Uh, and our support groups will begin next Friday as usual. So call back in. All right. Thank you, everybody.